Colleen Horanchik is Senior Policy Analyst at Commonwealth Foundation, a graduate of the University of Maryland with a degree in economics. Uh, Colleen's real experience is as a mother of four whose children have experienced public, private, cyber, and home education. Colleen brings her experience to the Commonwealth Foundation as both a mom and an analyst. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Welcome to Brews and Views. I'm Matt Briat, President and CEO of Commonwealth Partners Chamber of Entrepreneurs. And my guest today is Commonwealth Foundation Senior Policy Analyst, Colleen Horanchik. Colleen, welcome to Brews and Views. Thanks, Matt. Very happy to be here today. Well, glad you could uh, be on the program with us. And the reason that uh, I want you on is to talk about a hot topic uh, that uh, is, well, frankly, it's always a hot topic, and that uh, is the issue of public school funding. Um, there are always these claims that uh, we underfund our public schools, and I want to get down to uh, some of that discussion. What are the facts out there when it comes to public school funding? And then I want to talk about some of the things that Governor Wolf is pursuing right now, particularly with regard to uh, charter schools and especially cyber charter schools. But Colleen, uh, do we underfund the public schools here in Pennsylvania? Do we spend too little on on public education? I don't think there's any reasonable person actually looking at the numbers that would conclude that. Um, Our average per pupil funding in Pennsylvania is over $19,000. And for some context, because what does that mean? The average private school tuition in the state is $11,500. And we are eighth highest in per people funding in the entire country. And they like to say that charter schools are overfunded, but the district schools spend about 25% more than charter schools do. So it's, it's just not a reasonable claim at all. Well, today I know uh, the school districts are spending a total of over uh, $32 billion. Um, is that the highest it's ever been? I mean, we, I, I remember being told that, uh, you know, Tom Corbett uh, cut a billion dollars from public education. Um, how have we done uh, over the years with regard to public school spending? Has that ever been a, a flat line or, or are we always spending more in public schools? Always spending more. Absolutely. It's about 28% increase since 2012. So again, it's just not factual to claim that there have been cuts or that we aren't spending enough money. It just, if you look at the actual numbers, those claims just don't, they don't add up. And how does Pennsylvania compare with uh, the other states in the nation? Are we in the middle of the pack? Are we at the bottom of the barrel? Uh, are we leading the country when it comes to uh, revenue per student? So we're eighth highest in the nation, and that's about 4200 more per student than the national average. So significantly higher than other other states. And it's, it's not even close. So Colleen, one of the arguments that we hear from uh, folks who say we underfund our public schools is that they will say that the state share uh, you know, uh, is is way below what it ought to be. I'm not sure what, uh, you know, what level uh, is the appropriate amount. Of course, for some folks, it's just always more. Um, but when it comes to uh, how we fund our public schools of, of local, state, and federal monies, 
Um, is is the state keeping up uh, its end of the bargain, or is this where you know uh, lawmakers in Harrisburg are failing to uphold their duties to fund public education? That is truly one of my pet peeves because it's such a meaningless statistic. They they latch on to the percent of funding that comes from the state, but the reason that our state share is lower than some states is because our local districts spend about four thousand dollars per student more than the national average of locals. So, I mean, if our local district spent $0, then our state share would be 90-something percent. But is that would that satisfy them? I don't think so. So it's a meaningless statistic. They use that. I, I really think they use that because it's the only number that they think justifies their claims. Like if they actually look at the dollar amounts or our rankings, they know they can't use any of those numbers because it would just fall apart immediately their their arguments. So I, I do think that's why they do it. They know it's misleading. They know it's meaningless, but they keep repeating it because they just think people are stupid and will believe them, I guess. Yeah. One of the things that, you know, we, we see constantly is, is the clamoring for more money. Uh, and even from school districts that, that are seeking to raise taxes, that they're doing so despite having reserve funds, um, and, you know, what that is, is that school districts have uh, collected more tax revenue than they needed with regard to their annual spending and have built up uh, quite uh, hefty reserves. And, and I know that it's that would that's appropriate that uh, you would agree that that school districts need to have some uh, money in the bank. Um, but uh, how does Pennsylvania um, sit with regard to? Uh, school district reserve funds, are, are, do they have too much, too little? Uh, are they just right? Uh, um, how much money are districts sitting on today? So there, there's a lot of variation in that from district to district. But overall, at the end of last school year, it was about $4.8 billion collectively in the reserve funds of the various districts. And a good chunk of those, I, I don't know the number off the top of my head, hold significantly more than 20% of their annual expenditures in reserve funds. And that is considered excessive by even the uh, former Auditor General Eugene de Pasquale. So um, what, during the pandemic, of course, uh, that continues to this day uh, as we uh, record this in our public schools, uh, how much money did the public schools lose, uh, you know, in terms of revenue? Of course, we saw lots of businesses um, lose 100% of, of their revenue because of uh, Governor Wolf's shutdowns. Um, how did the public schools fare as a result of the downturn in the economy, people losing their jobs? Um, did they lose any uh, uh, resources coming from the local, uh, state, and federal um, governments? So we don't know the local story yet. Um, we won't get those numbers for until next year, I think. But in terms of state funding, they were they were level funded. So the state ensured last summer that school districts would get the same amount as they had the previous year. And they did that despite a lot of uncertainty at the state level, too, because they just viewed education as important and they wanted to make sure that you know, the schools had that funding. From the federal standpoint, we've gotten... $6.2 billion to our school districts. Um, and that's significantly more than any projections of financial impacts from the coronavirus and the shutdowns and everything. Yeah, this is, I mean, for most people, they don't realize this. Okay, so they didn't lose a single penny in state tax dollars. 
Uh, I also assume that, that it's probably going to be pretty close for local tax dollars, given it's dependent on property taxes and people have, have to pay them irrespective of whether they have a job or not. That uh, Those aren't uh, income-based. Um, but we got $6.2 billion for public schools and, and federal. Of course, those are that's that's fake money, folks. Uh, that was off the, you know, the trees along the Potomac, uh, those money trees. Um, so where is all this money uh, being spent? Uh, where is it going to go? And how can the public schools say, oh, we need more money from Harrisburg when they have this uh, uh, largesse coming in from Washington, D.C.? That's the question. It's it's baffling how districts are still crying poor when they've gotten so much money and they haven't even gotten all the money yet. So it's coming in in kind of waves. It's, you know, transparency is definitely going to be an issue with all of this. And I talked to a woman who was going to her school board meetings and she said, well, that you know, the school board says that there's all these restrictions on it. And I looked at the law for the most recent federal funding, the American Rescue Plan, and it is very broad. The uses about 20% or yes, exactly 20% is supposed to be earmarked for learning losses. But beyond that, it's very wide ranging what the money can be used for. So, you know, I think most people would say that they shouldn't use it for recurring charges, certainly because the is a one-time, right? It's a one-time hit. But there's so many uses that they could use it for. It's really ridiculous to think that they should be raising taxes on Pennsylvanians who have been nailed by Governor Wolf's policies this year or this past year. So to to add tax hikes on top of all that, when schools have so much money in reserves and so much money coming in from the federal government, from you know ta- federal taxpayers, it's just it's absurd. Well, Colleen, uh, not um, uh, too long after Governor Wolf was handed serious defeats at the ballot box with regard to uh, his shutdown orders and his emergency orders, the taxpayers uh, or the voters um, decided that, hey, we need to restore checks and balances. Uh, The governor quickly pivoted from his efforts to uh, um, defeat those ballot measures to going on the attack with charter schools. Um, what is Governor Wolf's beef with charter schools? I mean, they are a fraction. Uh, I mean, single digit uh, percent of our total spending in public education. But my goodness, uh, if you listen to his news releases, um, you would think that they are leading to the demise and bankruptcy of school districts all across our state. Uh, what is it that Governor Wolf has with uh, charter schools? And let's get into some of the facts uh, surrounding this discussion. Realistically, I think it's hard to look at his vendetta against charter schools and not assume that teacher union campaign donations have a role to play there. Uh, there's not really any other rational explanation for it. Um, you know, what what do you pay your taxes for? It's to get kids educated. It's not to create jobs at your local school district. It's not to keep certain buildings open. And so, when the districts claim that they're losing money. They're not losing money. They're just spending it at a charter school instead of a district school. But either way, the money is being spent to educate the children that live within that district. So it would be nice if Governor Wolf and the teachers unions and PSBA and the whole alphabet soup of these education interest groups would prioritize making sure kids are getting education rather than worrying about where they're getting that education. 
but obviously that's not what's happening. So what are some of the um, fallacious claims that Governor Wolf is making about charter schools, uh, as well as, you know, the teacher unions and the school boards? Uh, what are they claiming that charter schools are doing to traditional public school finances? Well, because they view the funding as being the property of the school district, when some of it follows the kids to the schools that they choose, they feel like it's been robbed from them. And even though they get to keep about 25% of the per student funding. So right now, the way it works is school districts get money from local taxpayers and they get money from the state and the federal government, all from taxpayers, of course. The state and federal government don't actually have money, despite people seeming to think that there is this other pot of money out there. So the districts are the vehicle that that money gets dispersed. And about, almost 80% of kids attend their local district schools in Pennsylvania. It's about 78%. Other kids go elsewhere. And if they go to a public charter school, then the tax dollars that we've paid to educate kids in public schools follows them to those charter schools. But not all of it does. There's a lot of deductions that come out of it. So it ends up being um, about 75% of funding following them. So they're they're claiming that it's destroying them, but it's costing them less than it does to educate the kids within the district. So that that's one part of it. Another thing they're doing right now is they're trying to claim that it's special education funding at charter schools is the issue. And they're saying that the um, special education funding at charter schools should follow the, the funding formula that district schools use. That's misleading. I mean, everything they do is misleading. It seems like there's a pattern here. Only about 3% of district special education spending goes through that funding formula. So they make it sound like all district special education spending is going through this formula. And what the formula does is it has different tiers. And the more serious a, a child's needs are, it's at a higher funding tier. That makes sense. But if you're going to say that all of the money, all special education funding for charter schools should go through that that tiered funding formula, you should just be consistent and have that have all the money for the district schools go through it also. But they don't want that. They only want it for charter schools. And of course, cyber tuition is the other thing that that they have, you know, the beef with. And this is so ironic coming on the heels of this last year that we've had. Where So for years, we've been hearing that um, school districts can educate kids remotely for five or $6,000 per student. They're calling for a statewide cyber tuition rate of 9500 per student. But per pupil spending in Pennsylvania public schools in the school districts is above $19,000, as we already talked about. So a lot of these school districts have been remote all year. If it was true that they could do this for five, six, dollars $9,000 per student, where's the rest of that money? You know, According to them, they should be sitting on piles and piles of cash if if that's true. So they can't at the same time claim that cyber schools are overfunded while saying that these district schools that have been remote all year and get more money than the, the right. cyber schools do, but they need more money still. It just it doesn't make sense. None of what they say makes sense. And they just hope that people don't pay attention. Well, and, and of course, the, the irony um, is that uh, the schools that are probably seeing the greatest impact are schools that uh, parents and children are saying aren't working for them because that's why they're choosing a charter school or a cyber school is because they're saying they're assigned home public school district 
isn't serving their educational needs. And that is why they've made the choice to leave uh, their assigned district and, and attend a charter school or a cyber school. Um, so it's, it's, it's really interesting that those are the ones who are, um, you know, uh, squealing the loudest uh, because of these funding issues. Um, but they're the ones that aren't serving the kids uh, the most, and that's why they're experiencing the flight from their schools. So with all of this, uh, Colleen, we are uh, about ready to start uh, the budget battles in earnest um, with uh, the you know over $6 billion coming to the public schools from the federal government. Um, and uh, it, it's seeming that there's there hasn't been a drop in in state revenues. What what do you expect to see in the budget battles ahead with regard to public education? I mean, is this all going to be with Governor Wolf trying to get a pound of flesh out of the cyber schools, or or are we actually going to uh, maybe see some um, restraint here and maintaining these educational opportunities for kids? They they go the same playbook every single year. You would think they would have figured out another message by now, but but they don't. I think that's because they know the truth and they can't speak the truth because the truth is that people need options. I have friends who live in some of the best school districts in Pennsylvania, Pine Richland, North Allegheny, Hampton, top 20 districts, and they still made another choice for their kids. So even at the best funded schools, you're going to have kids that need something else. And that's why these options are so important. So hopefully part of budget negotiations will be a significant increase in our tax credit scholarship programs, which they have an average scholarship of about $2,000 per child. So for that amount, kids get to choose a school that works better for them. It saves money for the taxpayers, for the school districts. It you know alleviates uh, spacing issues if school districts are worried about spacing issues next year because if kids leave for a, an option that they prefer – then you won't have crowded classrooms. So it just it's a solution that just solves many of these problems. And it's needed because about 43,000 scholarship applications were rejected the most recent year we have the data for. And you know, that's just because of state policies. So if we could get the tax credit scholarship caps lifted so that they aligned with the needs of families in Pennsylvania, then that's a, a way that you can save money and at the same time, help kids get the education that's right for them. So hopefully the governor and his allies will be willing to look for what's best for the kids rather than just trying to to have the turf battles, frankly, that, that they're always having. And I, I think this year, more than any other year ever, that's so important. You know, Families have been through an awful lot this year. Let's just focus on what's best for kids. Let's have cooperation instead of these turf battles and, you know, do what's right. And, and I think that if if they would put the kids first instead of, you know, treating the public schools as a jobs bank or a, a building upkeep program, then we'd get much better results while saving money. So it's a, it's a win-win. Indeed. Well, my guest today has been Colleen Horanchik. She's Senior Policy Analyst at Commonwealth Foundation. Uh, and folks, uh, go to commonwealthfoundation.org. Um, and in fact, you can find out your own school district spending, what they receive, um, you know, their total revenue uh, online there at uh, commonwealthfoundation.org. Colleen, thanks so much for coming and joining me on Brews and Views. And uh, I'm sure we'll be continuing to talk about public school funding in the future. But thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you.
You've been listening to Brews and Views, a production of Commonwealth Partners Chamber of Entrepreneurs. Find us on Facebook at Commonwealth Partners and follow Matt Briette at M-A-T-T-B-R-O-U-I-L-L-E-T-T-E.